Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I thought early on in the year we were getting the ball a little bit quicker at times, and then later on in the year we were maybe working the ball you know, down the field and maybe sometimes too much. And so I think that's, that's an area that we have to look hard at this offseason and, and evolve as an offense really in, in that regard. Sean McDermott from earlier this week. Happy Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us. Going to get to your calls in a moment. Also going to spend a little more quality time. Our, our final chat, we're going to call us the final chat of the season with Chris Brown from One Bills Live and BuffaloBills.com, who's joining us right now on the Western Hotline. Good morning, Mr. Brown. Just when you thought you were rid of us, you're stuck with us for one more show. <laughs> Thank you for your time in advance. Good morning. You know, Chris, that, that comment from McDermott and the way the season ended for the offense, there was almost a little bit of a, hey, we weren't all crazy. You know what I mean? Like we, <laughs> We'd kind of seen the same things that McDermott mentions there, and they kept winning, so you had to be like, well, okay, they're winning. And then, you know, it all comes... In the Miami game, it happens a little bit. In the Cincinnati game, too. And, uh, you know, the, the, the issues they weren't huge, but the issues that we saw ended up being real issues. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still – there's a part of me that still wants to put the emotional toll from the DeMar Hamlin situation above all of them. Um, and I just, I just think they finally hit a wall when they played Cincinnati. Um, it was – I mean, they even look like the same team, guys. I mean, we can we can talk about every game after, you know, that Monday night Cincinnati game that got scrapped. And, you know, even the Patriots game, the offense, I mean, what they score? I mean, Naheem Hines scored two touchdowns, and they won by 12. Um, you know, and then the Miami game in the playoffs, I think you could just see – it was a heavy lift just to beat a third-string quarterback. And if you said that about the team in October, you know, or late September, people would have thought you were nuts. Uh, I, I, I think we're, we're not going to find out until maybe years later the emotional toll that that took on some of these guys. And, you know, I, I've referenced it on One Bills Live with Steve a few times. Like, just looking at Tredavious White addressing the media – um, when he called that week an expletive show, I mean, he was talking to us and looked exhausted. Now, he had just played a football game too, but mentally I have never seen players in that kind of headspace since the Kevin Everett incident. And unfortunately for the 2007 Bills, that happened week one. And it wasn't until the end of the season locker cleanout where guys finally admitted to us, yeah, we weren't right for about two months after that. Um, and I don't know that any uh, – he. I remember I was talking to Chris Kelsey. He said, I don't know if anybody uh, got completely over that that season. It just – it changes you, man. And, and I think 
the DeMar situation did that, unfortunately, for this football team. Chris, what, you know, big picture as we get into the offseason now, and you, you know, you heard from Brandon Bean the other day, and he talked to the media for about an hour and went covered a lot of ground. How challenging an offseason, and I want to include the cap, you know, the business side of things, plus the roster decisions, what guys they might lose, what holes would have to be filled, where improvements need to be made. How challenging an offseason do you think this is? I think it'll be, you know, challenging for sure. And I don't know how many fans realize that the cap is still recovering from the COVID um, Mm -hmm. reduction. I mean, the cap actually went down the first year the league, you know, went through COVID and had all the revenue losses uh, due to lack of ticket sales. And then last year, it went up, but it still wasn't where it was projected to be for the 2021-2022 season. And we're still not there now. So for a lot of general managers that, you know, drew up long-term contracts for cornerstone players, they projected the cap to be in a place where it still isn't even now. And I think that's why you have all these GMs around the league jumping through hoops and the Bills are in that boat. And Brandon Bean's going to have to get creative again, as he said. And we'll have to see just how creative he's got to be. But challenging? Yes, absolutely it's going to be challenging. I mean, he revealed to us that they're going to be over the cap, no matter what it is, because he's not expecting it to go up to 240. And that's what he has on his books right now, not even counting the 21 unrestricted free agents who are coming off the books. So, yeah, that, that's a daunting task. Yeah. Now, I don't want to steal a show topic for you guys, but if you had to put together your own personal wish list, top choices or you know positions to address this offseason, what would be at the top of your list for the Bills? Yeah, I mean, top of my list is I, I think you got to go all in on offense here, yeah. and I know that's been a popular um, opinion, and I would say you start at receiver and offensive line. The problem is, uh, the free agent class isn't fantastic. And to be honest, with the cap situation, I think the Bills are going to have to invest in cheap labor, which translates to the draft. Yep. And you're going to have to go very early in the draft because you're going to need a receiver that can help you immediately. And so you're probably looking at the first two rounds there to get somebody that could challenge to be your number two guy right out of the gate. You can't pay a free agent receiver that kind of money. You, you just don't have the cap space to maneuver, no matter how creative you get. And then you're probably looking at offensive tackle and guard as well. That would be where I would be looking here. The, the, I was looking at the opponents for next year, guys. The Bills have to face five of the top six teams in sacks this year. Five of the top six. Uh, Dallas, New England twice. Philly. Philadelphia, Washington, and there's one other team that's slipping my mind there that's in the top five as well. But five of the top six sack teams. you you got to fix this line or Josh is not going to get through the season. Uh, that's number one. And then number two, just give him the weapons uh, so he's got more answers than just Stephon Diggs that he can count on week to week. I might be guilty of like, underselling offensive line i think with chris with offensive line you want a good lineman you know someone that can pass protect for all this for receiver do you think that there is a 
a, a model, a prototype kind of receiver they should want, whether it's the outside guy, the full route tree, the, the straight speed. You know, when you get to receiver, you can get to a certain number of specialists, and I, I think that they're probably open to a couple different styles of receiver. And I don't know if you have one that you think would be more obvious than others. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you just need a guy that <laughs> – this is going to sound silly, but I, I remember Buddy Nix used to say this when he was GM of the Bills. I just want a guy that catches the ball and can run routes. Um, <laughs> right. That's like catch the ball. Uh, it's, I, that's, I knew it was going to sound silly, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know if there's a prototype. I think Brandon Bean and his personnel department have proven themselves worthy of the benefit of the doubt in terms of knowing what to identify uh, in a position if they feel it has to be addressed. So. You know, it'd be great if you could have a guy that could do everything, you know, like a Garrett Wilson from last year's draft who's with the Jets now and is probably going to be their number one guy for a long time. I mean, you can line that guy up anywhere. That's an ideal scenario, but you are also got to remind yourself you're picking 27th. So, you know, you're not, you're not going to be getting the cream of the crop. You just got to hope that enough teams are quarterback hungry and, you know, looking for other things for their football team to push the wide receiver class down to you so you have a better selection when it's your turn on the clock. Chris, I, you know, we, you talk about offense. I think you know, we agree with you. A lot of people are thinking about helping Josh out, making the offense better. The bigger free agent decisions are on the defensive side of the ball in Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer. Um, what, what happens with both of them if one or both are not back? Are there internal options, or are those areas they would have to go find somewhere on the outside? Yeah, that's a great question, Howard. I don't know that I have a definitive answer on that. Um, I think we can safely say that there isn't another linebacker on the roster mm-hmm. besides Milano that's as versatile and as athletically gifted as Tremaine Edmonds. Otherwise, they'd be starting over him. Um, he is, you know, as Luke Keekley once said, a freakazoid in the <laughs> athletic department. Um, so, so finding that somewhere else is difficult. And that's why if the Bills, you know, and the Bills are probably going to take this approach like they have with others. This is where we feel your value is. This is what we can afford. We'd love to have you back, but if you want to test the market because you believe you can get more, well then good luck. And, you know, if it doesn't work here, you know, best of luck uh, wherever you land. And, and that's the way Brandon beans played it. He's been a straight up guy with these guys. And I think that's why some guys have come back for less. I remember just a couple of short off seasons ago, we were all pretty convinced that it was unlikely Matt Milano was going to return. And he did. Um, Now he took a little bit less to come back. I'm not convinced that Tremaine Edmonds is going to do that, but I know he likes playing here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll have to just see how that plays out. The Poyer thing is a little more complex because you have a player who's entering his age 32 season. And part of doing good business is making hard decisions. And I don't think it helps Jordan Poyer's case. And look, don't get me wrong. I love Jordan Poyer. Mm Mm-hmm but I don't think it helps his case that injuries really started cropping up. It's probably bad luck more than anything else, but it almost raises the flags of concern 
even more about where he is on the trajectory of his career. And so you have to when when you're as cap strapped as the Bills are right now, you have to make wise fiscal decisions with your cap and it's it's hard to argue that there is a greater risk signing a 32-year-old safety to an expensive contract than it is a 25-year-old linebacker set to enter the prime of his career. Now, before we let you go, Jeremy wanted to bring up a draft question for you. Yeah. And tap into your expertise. I, I was listening, oh, no. was it yesterday or two? <laughs> no, you got expertise. This is good. No, this you is good. and it's Steve, a, it's a good thing. I was listening. You guys nailed Kair Elam and James Cook last year, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's early, but if you could just tell us who they're going to take. I, you know, I wanna first get, two picks or just the first two? Just pick? the first two. I want to prepare myself. You guys nailed it last year, so how long will it take yeah. you to, to, to hammer it down this year? Well, we we nailed James Cook the morning of day two, so let's just pump the brakes a little <laughs> well, bit. I didn't have to say um, that. Okay, that counts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I could probably identify twelve guys in the draft right now. I got a lot of homework to do, fellas. I I don't. I am nowhere near uh, being ready for the draft. That's what we do basically the next three months, as you well know. We're just pounding draft guys, watching. YouTube clips and everything else to try to get a handle on just what we're looking at here in this draft class. I've heard mixed opinions though about the receiver class. Some people, we had Doug Farrar on from USA Today yesterday on the show, and he was telling us he thinks the wide receiver class is great. And then I hear from other people that it's not quite as deep. And then Daniel Jeremiah was saying yesterday he loves the tight end class. So as much as we're pounding receiver here, guys, It'd be interesting to see if that becomes an option as we get closer to the draft because it's supposed to be really, really deep at the tight end position. Hmm. Well, they got a pretty good financial commitment into one tight end right now. I suppose if they're hell-bent on more two tight end sets, maybe they'd look to upgrade the number two spot then. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can get a dynamic player, yeah. you know, and he can serve your offense just as good as a receiver can, you know, maybe it's an option if the receiver class isn't as deep as you had hoped. But yeah, I'm just I'm just going on on the opinions of some of these guys that have been pounding the draft class for the last two or three months. All right, sir. I was going to wish you a good off season, but you got to keep working anyway. But thank you as always for your time all season long. I appreciate it. We appreciate it as always, Chris. All right, take care, guys. All right, sir. Chris Brown, who you catch with Steve Tasker, One Bills Live here on our Western Hotline. Yeah, on the receivers, saw Mel Kuyper's list yesterday of his his top, his five. top five ranked wide receivers. Yeah, and it it'll be an interesting question to I don't know if we'll ever get a really good answer from it out of the Bills. Like we'll we'll have to get a look at what they want their passing offense to be based on the receiver that they take. So Mel Kuyper's top five wide receivers: Ohio State's Jackson Smith. How do you say his last name? Yeah. Uh huh. In Jigba. In Jigba. Thank, Thank you. you. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Ohio State, number one. Number two is Quentin Johnston. Number three is Jordan Addison. Like the difference between the style of receiver that Quentin Johnston is and Jordan Addison is massive. Quentin Johnston is a true number one, big, huge, fast, mm-hmm. right? Like you saw him in the. No, I, I'll take your word for it. He was, I have he, not done he was, any the, draft he was the TCU guy that went crazy against okay. Michigan. I haven't done a single. Nothing. I couldn't tell you anything about the draft this year. He is six foot four. That's a big dude. And he's going to run that's T. a Higgins four size, four. Right? That's like a six foot four right. T. Higgins size. Jo- Jordan Addison is six foot, 
and is more of maybe a, I think it might be an interior guy. Zay Flowers, Josh Downs. This doesn't even include six four quick guy. I like six four quick guys. Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee. Mm. Like, is he there? They had a Tennessee had a stud receiver with Hooker with their quarterback. That's, that's him. Is that him? Yeah, he's really good. I remember his game against I think it was Alabama. Maybe he had a couple games. He just torched opposing defense. He's the one that everyone thinks could run like in the four twos for his Ooh. forty. Who's that? That Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee. Yeah, I'm thinking about if you want. I think the way to do this is ask what kind of what NFL player model. Not do you expect these players to be, but do you want to meet Tyler Lockett? Was a great idea last year in the offseason. He didn't get traded. Lockett was a third round pick. Tyler Lockett is a slot guy primarily. He's incredible. They have to have an outside guy. They could see like this is the thing about the Bills. They've they've tried to fill the slot. Beasley left. It was Shakir and Crowder and McKenzie. They've not used the slot to stretch the field at all. And they could do that. Of course you could do that, right? Tyler Boyd does that. You could use Shakir for that. Tyler Lockett does that. Shakir actually, like, any catch, it wasn't many, any catch I remember he had this year, wasn't it, like, down the field from the slot? Yeah, a little bit. But again, it's like what it's like five or six catches, right? But when this team was successful offensively for those last couple of years, it was with Beasley in the slot. He was definitely not a no. field stretcher. They could get someone like some of these highlights of Josh Downs. I mean, this guy can this guy can move in the slot, and he's doing all these. Um, I'm trying to think of like who who it reminds me of. Anyway, doesn't matter. It also doesn't have to be a guy that like oh he played ninety percent of snaps in the slot in college. Like Dallas, the first two years with C.D. Lamb. They used him primarily in the slot because they had Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup on the outside. He had never done it before, but he's so talented and he's yep. a great route runner. Like that guy, it's not that hard a transition if you have that high of a talent. You just get that's what the Cowboys did. Just get me three great talented receivers and everyone will move all around. Yeah, like Chris said. Just a guy that can catch the ball and run routes. I figured he was gonna say <laughs> just give me a guy who gets open. But, I mean I figured like, you just keep it basic. Can you get me T. Higgins and, the, and then throw Shakir in the slot? There's your top three. Are we ready? Right, Shakir. Could he be a top three guy next year? Well, to me, if I if I do if I do that, if I draft a guy, I, Davis is still one of my top three. Yep. I'm just oh, I, I forgot. I'm sorry, I forgot about. It, I really apologize. I forgot to about me, Davis. becomes more positionless. Like yeah. the Bills maybe been predictable for years in that everyone always lines up in the same spots. Beasley's going to be in the slot, Diggs on the outside, and then another guy on the outside. And if you draft Hyatt or one of these other guys that can play anywhere. Now, okay, Diggs might be in the slot more often, and now the rookie will be in the slot. And Davis, like, everyone moves all around, That's and fine. you never know how they're going to line the up. The Bengals play Chase in the slot. Not a lot, right? But they do play him in the, there. Hey, the, the touchdown they threw on Monday the night, is Chase is in the slot and Boyd's on the outside, right. yeah. and the, the throw goes to Boyd. Yeah, so that's good. Make it harder for defense to figure out where guys are going to be. 803-0550 to join us. We'll get connected with our fans. Rich in Williamsville, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. Hello, hey guys. Rich. How you doing? Good. Uh, Thank you. Second. Um, I got a little bit of different view on the build because I'm kind of recently converted. I've moved to the area. I really resisted switching teams. I hate to be like a fair weather fan, but my son's nine years old and just seeing the way the community came around the team this year towards the end of the year, we started going to more and more games. We ended up going to four games. We we're at the playoff game. And I think uh, you guys, you know, I, I love listening to you guys learning about the team, breaking this stuff down. Obviously, all this stuff's important going to the off season. But I think just uh, just remember what you have. It's such a great thing to now see the community coming around the team, be a part of it. I finally kind of gave into it. I resisted. But uh, 
I just uh, seeing my nine year old son seeing the kid's eyes when you know they hit the big play and you're at the game with them. I think it's as much about that stuff as anything else. Obviously, we want to see him win a championship, and hopefully they're on the right track to that. But I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I appreciate it, Rich. Thanks. Uh, no, it, it's, you know, it, it was it was a, obviously an incredibly painful, depressing, sad loss on Sunday. And it's hard. I, I think this is a difficult week to try and step back and go, hey, but, you know, but we know. I'm going to do the whole Super Bowl window thing, right? If Burrow said it's it's open as long as he's in Cincinnati, well, then the Bills window is open with with Josh Allen at quarterback. So look, there there are good things going on with the franchise. There's a lot of things that we're very happy about. It's just it's a really hard week because I did, a lot of us did, thought for sure this was the year. They were getting to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, whatever. This was not going to be a season that ended in the AFC Divisional Round. And I think that makes it really hard to step, to step back and go, yeah, but we love our team and they're really good, which they are. It's just this week is they're yeah. supposed to be playing on Sunday. It's really hard to come to grips with that. Yeah, I mean – Part of what we said on on Monday, I think a little bit, and this is kind of like the end of this week. You know, you kept picking them to win the Super Bowl and pick the Bills. I haven't really thought they were going to win the Super Bowl since since. While you're pausing, I thought it was really interesting what Brandon Bean said about how when was the last time they really played a complete football game? Yeah, like before the long bye. time. Yeah. yeah, he basically said what we felt. Their best offense was up to the bye. Yeah, after the bye. There were just little things that weren't right, and they never played a complete football game. Yeah, not like I was ruling it out. They definitely won't. Well, but, I but the feeling of where show up. right, the feeling of I'm going to pick it. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the Miami game when they won here, and Miami is good, and Tua plays that game, the and they regular season, yeah, the regular game, season game, right, they right, win right, that right, game. Right, but right. you know that wasn't a perfect game. Nope. But you know to get to if, if it was me picking the Bills. I mean, I probably would have not had him winning the Super Bowl since October. I guess I kept waiting. I was confident that game was going to show up. In, again, Cincinnati, of course, because I thought it was going to be a shootout and they were going to outscore the Bengals. I, I just figured as each week went by and we kept seeing the offense play in kind of stop-and-go mode, I kept being more and more confident that that game was coming back. Maybe not a no punt game, they're but due. They're, they are their A game, right? It's going to come. I just out. kept waiting. The A game is coming back. Well, it never did. Yeah. And not only did they not have their A game against Cincinnati, they had a D game offensively against Cincinnati, and I didn't think that was going to happen either. And I, you know, I would look to the Rams last year or other teams where, you know, they're not necessarily the best team, but if they just get through this game and get through this game. The Chiefs when they when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, they trailed in every single yeah, game right. by double digits. Yeah. They were getting hammered by Houston, Houston, Tennessee. Hammered by Tennessee, beaten by the Niners, down 10 points yeah. in every single game yeah. and they still got through. And I I think the Chiefs have had better teams than the one that won it that didn't win. Mhm. So, yeah. You know, sometimes it's just it just sometimes it's like that. 803-0550 to join us. We've got phone lines open if you to grab a line. We're talking some football now, but we were discussing the Sabres and why not. Another win last night. Are you all the way back? Are you 100% back in, Sabre fans, with the way things are going this season? We're talking about that as well. If something else you want to get to, that's fine too. Grab a line. Join us here at WGR. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When we hit the playoffs, we weren't in a groove the way we were in 2020 or 2021. And without going back into that, that's you have to set yourself up in the regular season for seeding. And obviously you want the one, so you get that buy. And we were right there going to Cincinnati and, you know, we, we lost. It is what it is. But there's a lot of people in this league that would sign up to be the number two seed because you know you're hosting two games as long as you win and a chance if one loses to host all three. That is Brandon Bean from earlier this week. If you did not hear his uh, news conference, if you'd like to listen back to it, it is available in on-demand audio at WGR550.com. It's like uh, 50 minutes or so, something like that. It's very good. Uh, we always always enjoy hearing Brandon Bean. I think he does. We've said it before. I'll, I won't belabor the point. I think he's fairly forthcoming as general managers go in professional sports. And uh, so, yeah. So if you didn't hear it, check it out. So a quick stat of the day. It's not going to be a fun stat of the day, but you probably have thought about it. This will. This is a. It is statistical evidence to drive home what you've been thinking. I gotta look this up too because I always thought, but Jeremy had to step out a little bit earlier, so Joe and I'll carry you through here to the top of the hour. I always thought we were considered one of the sunnier cities in the country, right? Not warmest, obviously, but that you know, in terms of number of days of sunshine per year, I should probably check this out. We were always like you know in pretty good shape, right? You've probably noticed there haven't been a lot of sunny days of late. My wife has been complaining about the lack of sunshine. Stat of the day. I didn't say it's a good one. Patrick Hammer over at Channel 2, a meteorologist, friend of the show. We have had only two sunny days this month. Huh. Two. What's today? The 27th. 27th. If you go back 30 days, go back into the end of December, three sunny days if you go back to december 1st all right since december 1st 11 sunny days out of 58 so if you've been thinking hey where's the sun it seems gray and cloudy every day that's because it has been gray and cloudy every day two days of sun in january and i think i i believe he had tweeted out they were back-to-back days too yeah one of them was the dolphins game at least right? we had sunny weather, sunny, sunny skies for the Dolphins game. Yeah, so we so had— So the day before yeah. the day after. I think it was back-to-back sunny days. Yep. That is it. Nothing else this month. Now, let me get connected with our fans, and then time permitting, I'm going to spend Joe's money. 
<laughs> okay. Is that all right? I like I like that, when we get, we bet hey, your money on things. That is fine. I am on a heater this month, Howard. Oh, don't see. I feel like. I mean, I, I don't isn't even that, care. Isn't that if like I jinx bad it. gambling voodoo? I mean, like you know vibe. what? You don't like you don't ever there, brag about that. What do we got? There's four days left in the month. It is impossible for me to lose the momentum that I've built over the last 27 oh, wow. days. Wow, you're see, you're now you're best messing of my with life. the gambling gods. Best of my life. Oh. Actually, no, not true. Second best uh, betting period of my life after that one day that we all collectively bet the U.S. to beat China in the Olympic men's hockey game. <laughs> so second best. Wow, you're on a serious roll. Okay, I like those. I like that. We'll get to that in just a second. We're getting connected with our fans at 8030550 as well. Johnny in Buffalo, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, with the with the four teams left uh, this season and the four teams who were in the, like, you know, call it Final Four last year, one common theme was just the offensive coordinators, or not the offensive coordinators, the fact that the head coaches were offensive coordinators at one point. And, you know, they have this offensive mindset. And my worry with the Bills a little bit uh, in the future is that, you know, if we have a great offensive coordinator, he's going to leave for a head coaching job. And this is just going to be a cycle throughout all of Josh's career. And, you know, you look at, you look at the draft uh, since, you know, 2018. We've we drafted Josh, obviously, and Edmonds in the first round as well. But, you know, we've just keep drafting these rotational defensive players who, you know, we don't even know if other than Josh Allen and Dawson Knox, out of the first three rounds of the draft since 2018, we don't know if there's going to be anybody else signed on this roster from, from those three drafts. Um, it's just nobody's a, like a lock. And, you know, you had drafted Edmonds, who obviously improved this season quite a bit and was everywhere and was a freak. But, you know, there's still that debate among are we going to re-sign him? And, you know, Kyrie Elam, I think he had a, some splashes his rookie year. I think he could be a great player, but who would I rather have, Kyrie Elam or George Pickens? And, you know, I'm just worried that we might go down this whole kind of like Green Bay did a little bit with Aaron Rodgers. They had this great receiver in Devontae Adams who did so much, but they refused to get, you know, help for Aaron, like other weapons around him. And I see – you know, all these other teams, with the, like the Bengals with Higgins and Boyd and Chase, and then you've got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. You know, get some, like, I want to see this coaching staff do something, or this coaching staff, this GM, do something to say, okay, we brought in Diggs once. That, that helped a lot. That, that took Josh Allen's game up. Let's go all in on offense. You know, go get a guy like, you know, Jerry Judy maybe, even outside of the draft who's on this expiring contract who could come in and fill a need right away and be, you know, maybe the next Diggs because Diggs is getting older. Yeah. I just want to see speed. I want to see I want to see athletes on the field that, you know, you, you have to game plan for. And we don't really have you, – you game plan for Diggs. Not a yeah. wide receiver. You game plan for Allen. Whatever speed yeah. they added, they added it like running back, but not a wide receiver really. Well, I shouldn't we say don't know. Sha- and- Shakir's got decent speed. Anyway, yeah, look, I, I, I don't think – Johnny, I can't guarantee anything, but if there was ever an offseason that finally screams, please help your offense, this is it um, for numerous reasons. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, I will put – crossing my fingers, knocking on wood – I will put faith in Brandon Bean to understand what we've been talking about. And look, he just said the other day, really from the bye week on, what was going on with the offense? There were some issues, right? They didn't play a complete game, and the offense was having some issues going on in the season, right? 
so I think, I appreciate your call. I do think the GM notices that. They just scored one touchdown in the biggest game of the year. And I understand being the other day also said don't overreact to one game. But that was a trend, not one touchdown, but from the Green Bay game on, right? We looked at the offense and thought, I don't know, man, it just looks hard. You know, I don't know if it's the line and they're not protecting Josh or guys aren't getting open or Dorsey's not good enough scheming. It sounds like Dorsey's coming back based on what the GM said the other day. I I know I should never say never, okay? I'd be really, really surprised if they don't prioritize helping Josh Allen and the offense this offseason. And that means one or two wide receivers, drafting wide receiver as a priority, first round or second round. Go ahead and trade for a wide receiver. If you don't, if you've got limited free agent space, cap space, it's going to be challenging rather if you have limited cap space. But if you can find a receiver out there, if someone's stupid enough to trade AJ Brown again and you can make a way to make it work, great. Trade for a wide receiver, draft a wide receiver, fix your offensive line. Um, I think they'll have Cook and Hines at running back. I don't think Singletary will be back. Knox is still going to be the number one tight end, but I, I'd have to believe. This has got to be the offseason where you prioritize offense. You will have questions on defense. You might have an opening safety spot if Jordan Poyer isn't re-signed. You would have a big hole at linebacker if Tremaine Edmonds isn't back. There's some depth guys up front. You know, what do you, you know, Shaq and uh, Jordan Phillips are free agents. So, but, but you really do need to create a much better, much more dangerous, much more explosive offense and solidify your offensive line. To me, that's it. It's wide receiver and it's offensive line are the top two priorities in this offseason. It's not the only thing. It is the top two priorities this offseason. And I'm going to put faith in the GM that he knows it too. And if the coordinator's coming back because you think he'll be fine, then you need to get some better weapons for your quarterback next season, right? Here's Brandon Bean talking about the only thing that still makes him nervous is Josh running too much. Josh taking too many hits is what he said, right? And he said he felt like Allen did that at times. If the passing game wasn't working, he took it upon himself to run. And the GM doesn't like that. He doesn't want his quarterback getting hit. I don't either. You want to to help him out? Get better weapons in the passing game. Get a better line, but get better weapons in the passing game. Guys that are getting open, guys that are... You know, big speed threats in addition to digs. Anyway, Joe, I went really long. I'll tell you what. Let's break early. Okay. And then we'll do some betting. We'll bet Joe's money, uh, which and we should probably just do that as a new segment. Bet Joe's bet money. Bet Joe's money? Yeah. Right? Bet Joe's money. That's uh, fine. Probably do mean, I get all the profits? No. you got to share them with me and Jeremy. <laughs> all right. 80-20 my way. It's my final <sighs> offer. 80-20. Well, that's... It's a big number. So what you're saying is since you're, since you're the one that's going out on the line, you want to have the reward. Yeah. I mean, you're getting a gift anyway. You're not putting anything on the line here. I'm coming up with the topics. That's true. Okay, right. That's the 20. I am asking you which things you're betting I, on. I think that's worth 20. Well, Jeremy's got to get a cut of this, too. So now you're going 80-10-10. Mm, yeah. 80-15-5. Yeah. He's not even here. He's getting the five, right? He gets the five. Okay, fair yeah. enough. 803-0550 to join us. Extra point show coming up top of the hour. And uh, we'll uh, have some bets on the conference championship games coming up next. WGR. All right, it's time to bet Joe's money. Our favorite feature on this uh, morning show program. We're always excited to do that. And as you heard a moment ago, Joe is on a hot streak. So follow his advice like it's the Bible. Yes. Here we go. Now the line has been moving on. Let's start in the AFC. AFC championship, Cincinnati, Kansas City. The line's been moving a lot. 
Joe, have you ever seen a line move like this much for a game no. of this magnitude? No, I think it has to be the Mahomes injury. It's I, just swinging based on the likelihood or not that he is, one, going to play. I think that's why the Bengals moved to such a favorite. And then, two, when it became clear he was going to play, now more and more it's, okay, he might not be as affected as we thought. So, yeah, it's gone from Chiefs were a favorite by yep. a point, then all the way to Bengals favored by like two and a half. Mm-hmm. Then Mahomes starts practicing in full, and now it's swung all the way back to Chiefs minus one. I saw on FanDuel this morning it's Chiefs minus a point and a half. Minus a point and a half. So they're favored. Yeah, and the over-under was 48 points. I thought that was a little low. I don't know yeah. if that's also the Mahomes issue. Maybe they think KC will score fewer points if Mahomes not 100%, so that maybe it drove the over-under down. You ready? Here we go. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Oh, on their passing yards, over under. Again, these are from FanDuel. Mahomes, 282 and a half. That, by the way. That's a big number for a guy who might be on one leg. That's moved. That started the week at nine uh, 273. So, Oh, really? So it's going back up as so he practices. That's moving up. I'm going to bet the under on that. I'm with you. The I Bengals right. have had a lot of success against Mahomes. Yes, and their defensive coordinator has... Drawn up some pretty good plans. Well, not the first half of last year's playoff game, but he skunked yep. him after that. Joe Burrow, 276 and a half. Um, I might stay away from this one. Right. I don't. I have no idea what we're getting out of Burrow in this. Like, in terms of like a, a game script. Stat line. I wonder if the Bengals could look similar against the Chiefs to how they looked against the Bills. Honestly, like I know they've won a bunch of close games. But Jeremy's on this, right? They'll win by 10 or more points. They have beaten KC three straight times, but all three okay. games were by three points. Okay. And so that's happened. But Mahomes' ankle injury and the way they looked against the Bills, they've seemed to have the answers against Kansas City. I, and I was on this last week in that. like, I wondered, like, could the Bengals have a different type of game hmm. plan? They succeed running it. I actually had Allen have more passing yards than Burrow last week. That only ended up happening because the Bills were down all day. So... Well, yeah. Joe Mixon did top 100 yards last week when all was said and done. I think he had, what, like 105 or something? So I'm, right. So I'm making all the arguments for the under, but I'm st- it's still, you know, if it's a no, shootout, right. so it, I'm staying away. So if you're doing that, then let me, okay, let me go to running backs next. Joe Mixon, 59 and a half. You're locking in the over, I assume. On I'm that. going over on Mixon, yeah. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, 48 and a half for Kansas City. Mm, Don't touch it? Under. Under. All right. Let's go uh, your receivers. I took just the guy who has the most yards here, all right? So you're not surprised it's Travis Kelsey for Kansas City. Nope. Who is on a hellacious seven-game playoff streak right now where he's averaging like over 100 yards a game. 77.5 is Kelsey's over-under. Doesn't that feel easy for the over? Yes. But that's that's one of those where it almost seems too easy, so I go under. I got to see if I can pull up. I saw some stats on him his last seven playoff games. He's got like... Seven or eight hundred yards receiving in those games. Yep, you're gonna go over under. Um, He's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Take the over, Joe. Yeah, over. Although you did take the Mahomes under for his total, but look, he's gonna target Kelsey. He's gonna 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 be be going for Kelsey, of course. Jamar Chase, eighty-three and a half. I'll go. I'll go under on Jamar Chase. Lots of options, and again, I wonder if the Bengals could be running a little more today. Let's go to the NFC game. Championship game. That's the first game on Sunday at three o'clock. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Brock Purdy. <laughs> this man. This might be the lowest over/under for a quarterback passing yards in conference championship history. I don't even know. I'm just guessing. Two eighteen and a half. That's really low. I now again. I. I yeah. It's not. 
I'm gonna I, go. It's not as much just about, well, it's Brock Purdy. That's a very good defense they're playing, an outstanding defensive line. Yep. They get tons of pass rush pressure. They get tons of sacks, and it's one of the best secondaries in the league. This is not just, well, he's a seventh-round pick. No, right. That's a low number, but I think because of who he's going up against. Eagles were number one in the NFL in pass rush win rate this Oof. year. They also set an NFL record with four Double-digit sack sacks. guys. Yeah, four guys got double-digit sacks. So That's a I think really low number. I think Purdy's running for his life in mm. a lot of this game. Despite yep. I, San Francisco's O line is great, um, but I think it'll be a close game. So he's not getting garbage time, and I think the Eagles' defense is tremendous. So yeah, I'm gonna go under. By the way, also figure in that the top two running backs, McCaffrey and Mitchell, are both gimpy. Right. They're both yep. dinged up this week. Now they're probably both going to play, but neither guy is going to be at 100. percent That's not going to help Brock Purdy either. Uh, Hertz two forty seven and a half. Um, over. No, Hurt. no, no, under, under. And I'll tell you why in a second. Who's, who's the next guy you got? Uh, well, I was going to ask you about Hertz's rushing yards. Oh, okay, go ahead. Forty six and a half. I'll go over on that. Um, I was going to go running backs, wide receivers. You want to do that first? Or you want to finish up Hertz? Um, yeah, we can finish up Hertz. Two forty seven and a half. You said I'm going to go under. Under. Okay. Uh, the two receivers. You want to do that now? The Eagles two receivers. Yeah. Yeah. A.J. Brown, 70 and a half. Yep. Devontae Smith, 66 and a half. You know why I'm going under on A.J. Brown? Nothing to do with the game itself. I'm just going to read the markets here. That opened at 67 and a half. It's yeah. risen three yards. 99% of the bets are on the over for A.J. Brown. Wow. I am not. I am someone that likes to fade the public. That is the mm. biggest fade you'll get. One <laughs> percent. I'll take. Yeah, you I'm don't going trust to, the public. Huh? I'm going against it. So yeah, right. I'm going to take the under on AJ Brown. Fair enough. Uh, we'll throw in the running backs real quick. McCaffrey again dealing with a calf. Fifty-six and a half yards. Man, I wish I knew how severe that injury was. He didn't really look he, affected last week, did he? No, but they were moving. taking him out in the second half. They, yeah. were, they were definitely showing him. He was coming off. They were showing him on the sideline, and I think they were trying to be careful how much they were using him later in the game, but he, he, yeah. he, still, was, he still had a productive day. To counteract their pass rush, I think they run it a little more, so I'll, I'll go over. And then Miles Sanders for the Eagles, uh, 49 and a half. Over. That's not a very high number. Yeah. He's great also. He's a great running back. He's another one of those free agents. He's on, oh, he's going to be on yeah, Barkley. Like he's fifth down the list because there's so many guys: Barkley, Jacobs, Jacobs. Uh, Pollard. But Sanders is a great running back. I wonder if Pollard's injury hurts is, is going to hurt him at all on the market. It probably. I mean, maybe he ends up back in Dallas on like a one year deal. Yeah. Well, well, it wouldn't be a bad idea, by the way, because he's really good. That's tough though to do if you're a running back, just because your shelf life is already so short. Yeah. That like once you get a chance for the big deal, you do it. Like he's 25. Oof. What's he got? Three years of a, of his prime left. Three so, or four, yeah. I mean, you don't want to get to a th- age thirty year for a running back, right? Yeah, I mean, he probably tries to cash out, but no, that that injury's got to hurt his value. All right, good luck. I I look forward to getting my fifteen percent. Thank you, fifteen percent. Right, five for Jeremy. Yeah, but only on those ones. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I don't want to. You know, I'm not going to get greedy here. I'll just take your winnings on that. All right, Joe is getting ready for the extra point show with Sal. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Let's start getting some calls in for the boys. They're on the way in a moment. Have a great weekend. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.